Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, take your Bibles and go with me to Matthew's God, uh, Romans 6. 23, Romans 6, 23. As you're turning there, let me ask, let me share with you, we're in this series, uh, loving our neighbors or reaching our neighbors. We've been there several weeks now and we kind of started the, this series by understanding our call from God is to, to love. We've got to understand that there's this responsibility that we have that we are to love our neighbors and then the second week we looked at this understanding if we're going to love them we have to have a passion for lostness because everywhere we look in our community and around the world there's lostness there are people who need the gospel but if we don't have a passion for lostness if we don't have a desire we're going to miss it we're just going to live our life and we're going to we're going to be content with the 99 and not the one. And then the third week we got into this series and we began to think about the reality that we're not promised tomorrow. That nobody knows when their time on this earth ends, nor do we know when God's going to return. And so we're not promised the next day. So holding off going, well, you know, I'll go see them or I'll go talk to them about the gospel or I'll do this tomorrow. We're not promised that. Every day life changes and every day God calls somebody home and we're never promised tomorrow. And then last week, Mike did a great job reminding us about the lostness and yet the, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. That God has always said that there are many out there who need the gospel, but very few are willing to go. And so this week we want to talk about the message. The message that we have is really the greatest gift mankind could ever receive. In fact, as I think about this week, I was thinking about gifts. Show of hands, how many like to receive a gift? I mean, we all like to get a gift, right? I mean, your spouse comes home and goes, hey! got this gift for you oh you thought of me thanks you know kind of thing uh neighbor somebody give you a gift that whether it's uh, fresh vegetables fresh flowers whatever how many like to give gifts okay you know some of us some of us like to give gifts more than we get gifts i I like to do both I, i certainly like to give or get gifts and i like to give gifts um and so I was thinking this week, what, what's been my favorite gift I've ever received? And I don't know that I have a favorite gift I've ever received. But then there are gifts that I've given that I just love that I've given. And well, some of the things that, I've, that I love that I've given have always been just kind of special gifts for people. Um, after Pam's dad died, we, we went through... <laughs> My father-in-law, I'll say this, and, and it's, it's, you know, to our family, we know this. My, my father-in-law did not know what a garbage can was. He kept it because he never knew what he might need it for. Uh, we, we 
when Pam and I remodeled the house, the first living, we bought a countertop and he goes, why'd you buy that? I had one. Who knew? We didn't know that. But anyways, we were going through his stuff and he was a civil engineer and he had some tripods. And so um, I'm working to clear his stuff out and my wife is on Pinterest going, wonder what we could do with this stuff. Like work, honey, we got a lot to do here. But we kept some things, and one of the things the first Christmas was, I gave her sister this gift, and you'll see the picture there. It's her dad's tripod, or one of her dad's tripods. I turned it into a lamp. And uh, I'll never forget, we gave it to her sister. And, um, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to wrap. And so we just wrapped a lampshade and gave her the lampshade in a, in a bag. And she opened the lampshade and was like, a lampshade and as she opened the lampshade I walked out of the room and went and got the tripod and set it up in the room and then she realized what she got you know it, it's, it's, it's gifts like that I, you know her dad had a ton of uh, metal cabinets and over the years I've made some coffee tables out of those cabinets for for them so it, it's those types of gifts and I, you know, those things, uh, those are the, the gifts that I like to give is something that's meaningful, that has meaning behind those things. And I, I don't know what kind of gifts you like to give or get. All of those things have meaning. And, you know, I, oh, we get gifts and, you know, sometimes the gifts mean something to us. And, and you know, I, I, not too long ago, my grandmother moving and they were trying to decide something and of some of her stuff. And I said, well, if nobody wants that, I'll, I'll take it. I've been looking for something. And my mom said, no, I want that one. I'm going to, it was a cedar chest. We'll give you, and I didn't realize <laughs> she was so quick to give up the cedar chest. My dad personally made. I was like, well, I'd have taken that one a long time ago, you know, because dad made that one. You know, those types of things are meaningful. But you know what? This morning, I want to talk about a gift that's greater than all those things. That means more to us than any gift you'll ever get from a family member. Means more than anything you'll ever get will last longer than anything you'll ever receive from your parents, your grandparents. Oh yes, those things mean something. We love to point them out. I've got things in my office that I point out that that's from my parents, my grandparents, those types of things. And they are special to me, but there's nothing greater than the gift of Jesus Christ in my life. And that's the gift we're to tell, we're to proclaim. So this morning I want to look at one verse. It's Romans 6.23. So would you stand as we read this one verse? It's one verse, many of you can quote it, many of you know it, but let's read this one verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. You'll hear that verse over and over, and I want you to think about that verse this morning. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So here's your big idea today. It's a simple big idea. It's just simply this. God gives humanity the greatest gift 
we could ever receive. Greatest gift we could ever receive. You cannot receive a greater gift than the one God wants to give you. The question is, will people receive the gift or not? That's the big idea. The greatest gift you could ever receive is the one God wants to give you. The only question is, will you receive that gift or not? And so this morning, what I want to do is look at this one verse. And I want to just unpack that. Because as we take the gospel to our neighbors, as we go reaching our neighbors, this is the message that we want people to understand. That God's greatest gift is for all of us. No matter who we are. That he loves us enough that he gives us all the same gift. So let me unpack this for you. So, first point I want you to catch this morning is God's gift is something we all need. God's gift is something we all need. We all need this gift. We all need the gift that God has for us. It's a gift that we're all in desperate need of. Now, men, look at me. All men, look this way. I need you to pay attention. You might want to write this down. You've got 104 days until Christmas. All right? Write it down. 104 days till Christmas. So don't wait till Christmas Eve to go shopping. It's 104 days. And so I was thinking about gifts, and I was thinking about how many of us have received gifts we don't need? Yeah. I mean, I've got this one person who typically gives me a gift that I I say thank you, and then when I get home, I put it in the yard sale box. I mean, that's just what happens. And so uh, I get that, and I I, I love the person, love the thing, but it's one of those gifts that uh, they they give me. And you have those people in your life. They they, they give you a gift, and it's okay. It goes. And so... I was thinking about that, and and so I I was wondering, what are some gifts that men get women that are bad ideas? And I, you know, if you will search the internet, men, let me tell you, women have put these things out there for you to know. They don't want you to miss this. And so here, let me give you, let me give you five. There's a ton, evidently. that Evidently, men, we're not doing a very good job because women have put enough out there for us to catch that we're not supposed to be buying. But let me give you the top five that I found. First one is books that uh, are personal growth or self-help books. No matter what your wife needs or your girlfriend needs, they do not need for a birthday or a Christmas self-help books, okay? They don't want personal help books. They Whatever they're going through, that is not the moment that you need to get them a gift of self-help book, okay? If they're trying to get better at cooking, that's not when you get them the book on how to be a better cook. That's not what you do. The second thing is you do not buy them anything that has to do with cleaning something. No matter how much she wants that new vacuum, Christmas is not the time to buy her the new vacuum. Evidently, that's not when you buy those things. 
All right, self-cleaning ovens are not on sale at Christmas time for a reason, okay? Evidently, <laughs> evidently this one is not a good gift item either, a scale. <laughs> Who knew, you know? Even if you're talking about starting the new year off on a diet plan, a scale is not an appropriate item to buy your wife at Christmas. I'm not going to ask if anybody's ever bought one of these items. I'm just telling you, these are things you do not buy. If you're dating, write these down. If you're married, you probably have done it. Don't do it again. Number four, you're not to buy anything you want. <laughs> Some of the wives were like, yes. I had a farmer one time who told me, I said, what'd you buy your wife for Christmas? A manure spreader. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was a manure spreader or a tractor, but either one. I was like, how much is she going to use that? I'm not sure, but I'll get a lot of use out of it. Y you know, it's not one of those things that you get to buy something you want for her, you know. It's just not anything like that. And number five, uh, don't give her an IOU. You know, it's just not one of those things at Christmas and birthdays you get IOUs. Unless you miss their 30th and you have to make it up, right babe? Um, those of you who know that story, I did that. We don't need to discuss it. You do not need to ask Pam about it. Come see me if you didn't hear the story. All right, just telling you that. Here's the thing. The thing about, the thing about God is, God's gift is something we all need. We all need God's gift. For we've all messed up. We've all had those moments in our life when we've all sinned. We, we're born sinners. For, we, for, the, for the text reminds us, for the wages of sin, we are all sinners. Right? The text says, for the wages of sin is what, church? Death. We come into this world and we all are sinners. So what, let's, define, let's define sin. Wayne Grudem is the um, guru, you might say, of theology. He writes, he's been writing theology books since long before I was ever a thought of this world and is still considered one of the leading theology uh, professors and his textbooks used in most theology worlds. He, he writes this, says sin is, is any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, and nature. Act, attitude, and nature. So think about it this way. Sin is an attitude that doesn't reflect God. So it's our thoughts, attitude. It's our actions that don't reflect God. So if you think ugly thoughts about people, if your attitude is just horrible, if, if your actions are, are ugly towards somebody, or if you, if you do something wrong. I mean, Jesus says, if you look with a lustful thought, you've sinned. 
All those things are considered sin. So we've all sinned, right? This means yes. This means no. We've all sinned, amen? We're all in need of rescuing. Jesus gives us an option. God loves us so much that we have an option. John, John's gospel tells us this. John 3.17, we know 3.16 well. But we forget 17 and 18. We're going to teach this next year. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn us. But he came into the world to save us through Christ. He came to save us. So anyone who believes in Jesus Christ, even though we are sinners... We might be saved through him. Did you catch that? He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. He gives us an option. But if there's not a belief. So verse 18 tells us this. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned. Anyone who does not believe is already condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the one and only son of God. So the question is, have you come to the place in your life where you realize you, you need Jesus Christ? You need the gift that God has given you through Christ? Have you come to the place in your life where you've surrendered and said, I need the gift of eternal life? For me, it was the age of eight. It was a children's camp. Now, hear me carefully. At eight, I recognized that I was a sinner. Did I completely understand all the sins of the world? No. Did I completely understand the depth of God? No. But, but what I understood was God loved me. And if I would die, I would die separated from God. Now, as I've grown, have I been perfect? Absolutely not. Have I messed up? Yes. But as I've grown, I've grown trying to walk and make amends and walk in favor with God. The second thing we learn about this text is God's gift to us is eternal. God's gift to us is eternal. Last weekend was Labor Day weekend. And Pam was reminding me 25 years ago what we were doing. 25 years ago, our life was, was a little different. Uh, I had proposed to Pam, and at our family, we, uh, without COVID, when it's not COVID, my dad's family, extended family, all get together in Grayson County. And so we get together, uh, Labor Day weekends, Grayson County Fair, everybody goes. Yeah, and so we were there, and we had I'd proposed, and Pam was wearing her ring. Uh, most people don't know; her parents didn't know at the time. Uh, we were going to tell them later that day. Uh, so, and so we were, we were. Uh, she was wearing the ring, and we were we were all excited because our life was about to change forever. It was a life changing event for us. 
It was one of those life-changing events that was, was going to be good. Life-changing event that was going to be challenging, especially for Pam, because she was marrying me. Her prayer life got stronger. Um, but the thing was, it was a life-changing event. What's the text tell us? For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life. See, it's a gift. It's a gift that that you and I receive. It's a gift you don't earn. It's not a gift that, that, that you can build up to. It's not something that you work to, to achieve. It's, it's not like the Church of Scientology that, that if you make this step up to this ladder you get to this point and if you reach this point you're on this level with the church and or this level with God and you get to this level it's it's a free gift God says I love you and here and through my son you have eternal life it's a gift from God it's not a gift it's not a gift anyone can get other than through through God through his son Jesus Christ and it's a gift for eternal life. It's eternal in that we're all going to live somewhere. The question is where? At the end of this earthly life, when, when we are... Where are we going to spend eternity? And there's two options of where eternity is going to be. Eternity is going to be with God or separated from God. And what we know from Scripture is eternity with God will be in heaven, worshiping, glorifying his name, or separated with him in pain and agony to a point we don't even can comprehend how that's going to be. And so the reality is when you come to the place and you recognize the free gift and you, you receive that free gift, what happens is your life is changed. So the question is, again, have you, have you come to that place and have you received that gift? Because when your life is changed, it's not like all of a sudden your life is changed and poof, you're no longer a sinner. You're still a sinner, but you're saved by grace. You're still a sinner because you're still going to make mistakes. Amen? I mean, some of you made mistakes on your way over here. You argued in the car. You fussed at your spouse because they turned the music up too loud or they missed the wrong turn or you didn't, they didn't dress the way you wanted to or, or they made you late. You've had a bad attitude this week or you've, your thoughts were not the right thoughts. Listen, those things are going to happen because we're sinners. The thing is, the moment God enters our life, it changes who we are. And the thing is, we're to be growing in our knowledge and growing in our 
willingness to become like him. Just like when you, when you start learning math, in the second grade you begin, or whatever grade you begin learning math, two plus two equals four. As you grow and you become a, a freshman and a sophomore, you begin to know a whole lot more about math as you grow as a, as a Christian, you get deeper and deeper in love with God. The things that used to trip you up no longer become an issue. Now there are new things. And you keep wrestling and becoming more like Christ. So the question is, eternal life. Have you come to that place where you recognize your need for that gift? Well, the third thing I want you to catch is the gift requires a response. The gift requires a response. Now, listen, when you get a gift and I get a gift from somebody, you don't have to respond. But it's always nice to say thank you. But some things require a response. A little more than 17 years ago, I received a phone call one morning. And the phone call was this. Many of you know Drew, our son, is adopted. The phone call was simply this. We have a little baby boy that we'd like for you to consider. I've just sent you pictures of him. He's two days old in the pictures. Now, don't tell anybody. Don't show the picture to anybody. But you and your wife need to give us a response if you'd like to proceed with adopting this child. I drove as fast as I could. I broke every speed limit, broke every traffic law I could to get to my office to get that picture. There were about four of them. Before the end of the day, I had had pictures developed and I was showing everybody I could <laughs> those pictures. You see, we had to give a response. And as I told Drew yesterday, I would do it a hundred times over again. The answer was yes. Absolutely yes. This is the same way with God. We have to give a response. You know, the first response we have to give is a personal response. John 112 tells us this but to all who did receive him he gave them the right to to be children of God to those children of God those who believed in his name it's a personal response it's about saying yes i believe yes god i Believe you are who you claim to be. Yes, Lord, I trust you. I believe you sent your one and only son. Yes, Lord, I receive you. Yes, Lord, I know you to be a God who loves me. The second response is to be a public response. Matthew 10, 32 tells us, 
Therefore, anyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge them before my heavenly Father. There's no such thing as a closet Christian. Did you catch that? No such thing as a closet Christian. Have you ever had a closet grandparent? I've never met a closet grandparent. In fact, I was on a, in our, our, our small group of pastors who were in a Bible study together. We're, some of you know we were in a Bible study. Pam and I were in a Bible study with about five other pastors and their spouses. We met this week on a Zoom, and one of them was upset because they couldn't just throw us pictures out of their new grandchild. Never met a closet grandparent. Because there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a closet Christian. It's to be personal. Your response is to be personal, it's to be public, and lastly, it's to be prompted by God. Listen, when we go take the gospel to our neighbors, you and I aren't doing anything except following the Holy Spirit. It's only the prompting of the Holy Spirit that person will come to know Christ. Revelation 3.20 was my first Bible verse I've ever learned. You see it on the screen as the CSB, but I, I learned it through the a different translation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man comes to me and opens the door, I will sup with him and he with me. Translation there is, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. It's, it's God saying, I'm at the door knocking. If you will open your heart's door. You and I if you've come to know Christ, you know what that knocking on your heart's door means. It's God prompting you to respond. For maybe you today, you've never, you've never responded and God's today prompting you. Maybe today God's saying, it's time. As I thought about how to wrap this up, I, I thought I wanted to bring a gift today. And I wanted to give a gift to somebody and help them understand. So, Garland, won't you come help me? I'll give you this gift. This will be a gift I think you'll appreciate. Everybody likes gifts. You can both come. Come on. Come on, Carlton. Yeah, well, I don't know how you both deserve it. Y'all going to have to split it. All right. I got a gift y'all both going to take. Well, it's in a pink bag. It's in a pink bag, so you all fight over it. But that, <laughs> when that was a quick fight. Yeah, now, just look and peek. You see what kind of gift it is? Now, it's a special gift, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you know that's a special gift if I'm giving it, right? Yeah, I know, because you go. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to want this gift back. I'm going to give this gift. Oh, okay. But it's a special gift if I'm giving that, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a big deal for Coming me. Coming from you, yeah. Coming from me, that's a big deal. You want to show everybody? Yeah. All right. Can I pull it out? You can pull it out. Look here. <laughs> 
That's a. Oh. <laughs> All right, y'all take y'all take it and y'all fight over it. All right, y'all take it and fight over it. You, you, I don't want it back. Now here's the thing about that gift I just gave. How long do you think that'll last with them? Yeah, it will last longer with them than it would with me. Here's the thing about that gift. It won't last long, will it? No matter what gift you get, it doesn't last long. Money, how long does money last? Till you go spend it. Clothes, till the moth or you, your size changes. For some of us, that's quicker than others. Till it goes out of style. Food, till you eat it. Toy, till you lose interest. God's gift, it's eternal. It's eternal. It's eternal. It's the greatest gift. That's the message we go proclaim. That's the message we go knock on doors and tell. Today, that's the message I hope you know. Today, if you've never confessed Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the message I want you to hear today. That God loves you so much that he has the greatest gift for you. Grace is going to come lead us in a hymn of invitation. As we sing this hymn of invitation, we invite you. It's an invitation to respond to the, to the message. As we talked about our response... Here in the pew, you, you respond and make it personal by saying, Lord, I, I need you. I, I need you right now. Once you do that, you come make it public. Come tell me. It's only if the Holy Spirit has prompted you. But if the Holy Spirit's prompting you, don't, don't delay. You come. As we sing, would you stand with us?